0: Hello, and welcome to the Southwest Londoner podcast. I'm Chris Byfield, and today basically what happened is we all had our names in a hat. And our, our man Tom pulled a few names out, and I lucked out because I got a dream team of a group. To my left, I've got a guy who knows pretty much everything about every single sport in the world. His name is Harry Gertside, and he loves to chat. He talks a lot, even more than I do.
1: How are you doing, Harry? I'm very well. How are
0: you? I'm all right. Do you want to give me more than that?
1: Yeah. I can do, yes. Well, my favourite sport, I'd have to say, would be dance, which uh, a lot of people have a lot of conceptions about. But uh, we won't go into that today because yeah. dance isn't on the agenda, so... Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about Max Kilman a little bit later. but Very
0: exciting, very exciting. I like Max Kilman, he's a good little footballer. To my right, I've got a woman who absolutely loves cycling. She cycles a lot beyond Matt, don't really know what she does. Today she was telling me about all the injuries she sustained while cycling. All to her face for some reason. How are you doing, Bella?
2: I'm very well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. And I won't be speaking about cycling, I'll be speaking about hockey.
0: Yep. How, and injuries. How are, lucky, how, how are those injuries? Yeah. yeah. What mine? Yes.
2: Um, they're okay. I yeah. feel like they fixed my face.
0: So
2: yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know, they three definitely nose jobs, did. So, three, they, three well. nose
0: jobs. Jesus wept. Um, <laughs> but we won't be talking about that today. Today we're talking about Max Kilman, as Harry uh, mentioned earlier. Um. And, I mean, he was the guy you profiled. Do you want to go into him a bit before we go to his interview?
1: Yeah, I'll go into him a little bit. So, obviously, uh, well, he's Chelsea-born, which is why we're discussing him today. Also played for um, Fulham between the age of 9 and 50. Very, very talented footballer, um, 23 years of age. Uh, have you seen much of him, Chris? Yeah, I
0: saw him a few times. He's, um, he's a player who's actually really good on the ball for a centre-back. And he's kind of got that, like, new profile of... Well, he's kind of like the new profile of a centre-back. He's comfortable with the ball at his feet. I mean, he's, he's got the futsal background, which I'm sure you'll go into um, in the next few minutes. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoy his work.
1: Big fan of his work. Yeah, yeah I him? mean, he's, he's had an unconventional route into football. You don't see many players start from a futsal background. Yeah. Um, but obviously, uh, something that Max Kilman has said in the past is that he believes that futsal should be a bigger part of, you know, routes into football. And if you look at... Um, countries like Spain and Brazil that have a really um, big background in, in futsal, um, very technically gifted players, mm-hmm. something that we might be lacking over uh, in England and Max Kilman's a big supporter of, of futsal and I'm uh, not sure what you guys think about you know, playing more futsal and how it links to being a technically gifted footballer, um, as Max Kilman is. Yeah. Have you played any futsal, Bella?
2: Uh, I have not. <laughs> I have watched it a few times, and I actually really enjoyed it. I was, I was pleasantly surprised.
0: Do you
1: enjoy it more than football to watch?
2: Um, I feel like it's got a different dynamic, because it's inside, obviously. <laughs> and then there's like, isn't it a smaller
1: pitch It doesn't. Yeah, smaller pitch. <laughs> ball that doesn't really bounce. Yeah. yeah. Um, the ball does small, Smaller football. The ball doesn't bounce much, I don't think. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a different kind of... That's used. I think I play f- I remember playing futsal once on a um, on a trip to France in year six against the French styles
0: For French notorious so, futsal yeah, players. I th- <laughs> th- th-
1: <laughs> th- think we lost about 8-0, but we nice. won't go into that. And uh, but we did beat them at handball afterwards. And the so French are good at handball. They are French. actually good at they handball are very yes. world good at handball. champions. So
0: um, wait, is the ball wait before we go into this is what I'm actually interested in. Is the ball like the balls? you yeah, know, when you're in like uh, year seven? And you have those balls that, like, if you hit really hard, you don't know where it's going—the top corner, or whether it's going like Z. Are
1: they those kind of balls? Like, I kind of plastic? He- yeah, I and think I actually think they're quite heavy balls. Ah. Um, from yeah. what I from what I understand. <laughs> Damn. Um, but the way that the, the way that these players play with the, with the futsal is quite interesting. I mean, it's so much more uh, so much skill involved. Mm. And I think that's why you know Max Kilman is a centre back. Obviously, what a lot of modern-day coaches are looking for is a, is a ball-playing centre half, and that's yeah. that's what Max Kilman is. So you
0: you interviewed Max
1: Kilman, didn't you? I did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A great interview. A very nice guy and uh, very very humble. Did he happen to say anything weird? Uh, not particularly. No. I mean, he was he, he was just a very uh, very sound guy. I mean, obviously, yeah. he's worked with one of the best football coaches in the world. I mean, and and coming from a, a non-league background just nine months ago, um, you know, he's come on leaps and bounds and. Uh, yeah, he, ha- he has a very interesting relationship with Connor Cody um, and I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, interesting things that go on between those two, but uh, nothing too much has been discussed with me.
0: Well, should we cut to that interview? Go for it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, now you've got to interview Max Gilman.
1: He- he's my... So- yeah. Okay. So, Max, how, how do you feel? Obviously, nine months ago playing in, in, in non-league for Maidenhead and now all the way to the Premier League, working under Nuno Espirito Santo. Yeah, no, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's great to get my
0: first minutes in Premier League football. Um, I'm learning from, you know, some great international players who all happen to speak Portuguese. And, um, yeah, I'm really thriving in this new
1: environment. Just just how important is it, do you think, to, to play futsal from a young age? Obviously you've been quite vocal recently. There's a lot of um, cuts to, to futsal. I think people don't really understand the importance that it has um, in comparison with with football and more mainstream sports.
0: No, futsal's a really it's a really fun game. It's a game that needs more funding. Um, and it's, I, I learned a lot of my a lot of my ability comes from futsal, a lot of my skill set comes from it because I'm good in tight spaces. Uh, I'm comfortable with the ball at my feet and I think it's part of the futsal background has helped me thrive in this kind of Premier League environment and it's actually given me the confidence to, you know, do well in training. Mm. Um, I'm always happy to come up against a Adama ray who's a bit of a weapon, but so am I. So yeah, no, the
1: futsal background's helped a lot. Love, love the confidence. And um, in, terms of, in terms of England and national football, obviously you've seen your, your big brother Connor Cody make it uh, mm. for the England team. Um, what do you think about playing for England one day? Obviously, I know that um, you come from a Ukrainian and a, and a Russian background as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, I come from a Ukrainian and a Russian background and have a lot of time for both of those countries. Love Dostoevsky, love, you know, Andrei Shevchenko. Um, but I want to talk about Conor Cody, actually. Um, you know, he's we've got a very special relationship. I'll
1: leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> so what would you say to those That are wanting to make cuts to futsal
0: um, oh, I'd say you bastards No I'd say I'd just say You don't appreciate I'd say it's a game that should be more popular here And uh, English football Across the whole pyramid But equally from the bottom to the top I'm saying international standards could benefit From the skill set That futsal provides.
1: Mm. And and do you think there's been a lot of criticism of of the English national team in the past that the Premier League's heavily dominated by players from, from overseas? Do you think that futsal is another thing as well? Because obviously they're playing a lot of futsal in countries like Brazil and Spain, and in recent times they've had a lot more success than the English team.
0: Brazil and Spain? Yeah, maybe. But then again, Brazil have certain skill sets that I'm sure Spain, sorry, England have certain skill sets. I'm sure Spain and Brazil would Envy, you know. Uh, we're hard bastards, you know, and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. But we could learn to pass the ball as well and uh, have a have a nice touch. And that's what full sound provides. We've got a lot of stick man there.
1: So. <laughs> well, well, Max, I only see it going up from here. Obviously, you've had you've started the last four Premier League games. You've had a man of the match performance against Wolves, a so one-nil way win. God, yeah. And uh, against Leeds, rather. And uh, I wish you all the best for the season and. Uh, I know that you're going to be at Walsh for a long time obviously signed that five year contract Mm -hmm. and um, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you in an England show
0: thank you Harry and I hope you uh, do more podcasts
1: thank you sounded like a really interesting interview yeah it sounded like a great interview Harry sounds like a great guy he's a great guy he he is hopefully he's going to get me some tickets as well so I can see them in there seeing them against Arsenal hopefully they don't win because yeah. uh you know my allegiances but yeah, uh, yeah but you know either way good play you do well at Arsenal as well not selling him on but just saying we 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 um. do need someone like Matt Kilman. i have to say and uh
0: yeah was there was there anything uh, in particular that he said that was of interest to you like any 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 parts of that interview that really stuck out
2: <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't listening. Yeah. Um I, I like the bit where he's talking about the stick man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I <recompose> myself. <laughs> um I thought it was interesting what he was saying about like the funding for futsal, um, because I think it's a shame that obviously money's getting taken away mm. from a sport that could, you know, be almost like an equal to football and like help a lot of players. As you said it helped him a lot As he said, with yeah. his skill set and everything. Yeah. So it'd be an interesting one to like be able to for the sports to like, you know, be able to like use each other to better their sports. Mm. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so. he said some interesting stuff about Conor Cody. Or, or is he in
2: love with?
1: Connor? I don't know. It's hard. To, it was hard to tell. They do have a bromance. I think what was quite yeah. funny uh, not so long ago was uh, Conor Cody had his press match conference or post match <laughs> conference rather. And um, thought he was being given the uh, the man of the match award, only for it to be awarded to Max Kilman shortly after, which mm. brought a uh, lot of laughter from Jamie mm. Carragher. I saw so about, about. The scousers were loving it. You
0: know what I would say, uh, Connor Cody. I know this is about Max Kilman, but Connor Cody, what a guy! He is a good guy. Like,
1: what Great a guy. Personality. Great personality!
0: Great personality!
1: Lovely smile. We need more personalities in football. What yeah. Would you
0: know, yeah. and he just seems. I just. He's got a big future beyond football. Like I can see him, mm. you know, having a good future in punditry. Um, but he's not there yet. Just thought I'd mention that. He's,
1: he's still a footballer at the moment,
0: but we'll go with it. We'll yeah. go with it. So, um, anyway. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, so I think that's Max Hillman. Um, I will move uh, on seamlessly to my player who's also had a fairly unconventional route into football. His name is Rhys Alassane. Um, is idol. Yeah, Sports I, I always, always look up to him. Always have, always will. Mm-hmm. I think he's like nine months older than me. Um, he's, you know, he seems like a nice guy I've walked past him at Sainsbury's once Wow, yeah the I know. Yeah, yeah the Sainsbury's at Crystal Palace So it's not that impressive
2: It's still impressive It was
0: during a game at the stadium um, uh, So it's not that impressive um, Equally, he never made an appearance for a second, so, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, yeah I want to talk about Reece Salasani. He's basically, uh, I'll um, very quickly tell the story Um, Reese was a, or and is a supremely talented footballer that came through the ranks at Crystal Palace. And when he was, I think, only 15 or 16, he was given the biggest contract ever awarded to an academy player. And to put that into context, um, you know, Palace have had in the same era that Rhys Alassani's been around You other had Nathaniel Klein, you've had your Victor Moseses, your Wilfred Zaha's, your John Bostock's, you know, some good players, uh, Aaron wan you know, they've all come through within the, the decade that Reese Alassani came through and they weren't awarded um, as lucrative a contract at 16 and then it kind of, the wheels kind of fell off at that point, you know, everything was in line for him to make a first team debut, you know, play for England, he'd played there at youth level and it just kind of yeah, the wheels fell off. He went to Dulwich Hamlet, you know, a good local team, South West London. Love South West London. Can't get enough of it. But anyway, um, South West London. And uh, did really well there. And then signed for Coventry, you know, great place. And, yeah, he was at Coventry for about a season and a half. And was, and that was his first row into, like, league football. And, unfortunately, he was released. And now he's back at Dulwich Hamlet doing good things and impressing. And I just want to, you know... He's still young, still 24, playing regular football, learning a lot.
2: 24
0: is young, is it? Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you reach your prime at 26, so we'll You're say 24 is 20. 20.
2: Yeah, I'm just roasting
1: Chris because so he's 20. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate football? here. Because well, I don't play <laughs> devil's advocate for You're me. saying Donald <laughs> Hamlet's a, a, a great team for him to, to be at at this moment in time. He was the biggest prospect, arguably one of the biggest prospects in English football at the time, and now he's playing non-league football. Now the demise of Bruce Alisani. I mean, what has happened to
0: him? Yeah. What has happened to him? Like, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of people talk about his attitude. I don't know. I don't know whether that's an unfair kind of stick to beat him with, uh, because he, you know, I don't know him. Never met him. He could be a lovely dude. Apart from that, you know, that fleeting moment in Sainsbury's where we locked eyes, but I didn't really, I didn't really see into his soul as I would have liked. But you know, he, he, he seems like. I don't know. Apparently, his attitude wasn't quite right, and you know, people develop at different ages. Some, like the youth football's a weird one, isn't it? Because you get some players that look exceptional at fourteen, and everyone catches up physically and technically, and then you get dropped at seventeen, and that promise is—it's almost worse because the like the promise of you and the assurance in yourself that you're going to become a professional footballer can. Be, uh, taken from the palm of your hands.
1: It's got to be tough for him as well. I mean, yeah. obviously he probably skipped out a lot of school to because he was yeah. this prospect, and he was you know probably getting his education at, at Palace, and suddenly you know to all his mates he's the next big thing, and then suddenly he's you know he's playing at Dulwich Hamlet, and no disrespect to Dulwich Hamlet, but you know at 24 years of age you'd hope it'd be at a, a better club, obviously, well, at least a league club, a league club. You'd yeah. hope so.
0: I think that. Um, the kind of disappointment, like the, the it's more so in football that disappointment of like the academy level, the pressure that's put on you, and the kind of promise, um, of academy football and having that kind of you know taken away from you is unique to football. I'm sure that happens in other sports, and I'm sure in cycling there are prospects that will, you know, that won't quite make it. That will force yeah. I mean,
2: there's always... Yeah, cause there's that thing of, like... Especially as, like, a junior, you'll, like, win every race. Yeah. And then a big thing in cycling is, especially for women, is moving from the junior to the senior level because it's, like, there's such a big gap. Mm. And a lot of senior, you know, um, women are, like, have been racing for, like, 20 years because they'll still be doing it in their 40s. Yeah. And there's, like, these young 17-year-olds coming in and suddenly, like, getting dropped and coming last. So it can be quite, like, demoralising. Um in that sense. But I know with football as well, because like my brother used to play for QPR
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: he was dropped when he was 20... 20.
0: Which 20? is a horrible age, I guess, because that is, you pay, you've had your pro contract at that yeah. point, you know. You're... Yeah,
2: so he played, technically, he played professionally for a year, and then mm. he'd had like a few injuries, like that just kept repeating themselves. So he was injured a few times and then was dropped, and then also that same week his girlfriend broke up with him. That so happens. that was just an awful week, and I just remember like that just took such a big toll on him, and that he really felt like he'd let the whole family down mm. as well. Also, that thing we were talking about with education is he wasn't allowed to do A levels. He's quite clever, though. he's a clever guy, mm. and he wasn't allowed to do A-levels. Um, he had to do It's mm. so, like BTEC sport with the rest of the group. Mm. And it was quite funny, because George is quite clever, and he was just, like, sending, like, other people to work, because mm. they were just, like, didn't really want to do it, or couldn't
0: really bother. Was it, I guess, as well, like...
2: Um, so that, that's, like, shortened his prospects.
0: But I guess, as well, being a footballer, it's not just, it's pro- I guess, and um, missing out on that chance to be a pro. Mm.
1: It's
0: not just the prospect of like the academic prospects that you miss out on but it's also like your identity is so like through your whole life you're that guy who's good at football yeah and when you're dropped like that must be an incredible like mental toll
2: yeah well there was a guy in the year above as well who now plays he plays for Brighton now He plays professionally I think he's used uh, Jack Stacey so he used to play for Exeter. Jack Stacey
1: plays for Bournemouth now. Oh,
2: Bournemouth—that's yeah, he's a good, yeah. Player, he, good player. So yeah, he lives down
1: the road from me. Yeah, he's a great. Player. Um, but I think, I think yeah. on the topic of it being demoralising and Chris said a, a mental toll on players. Obviously, you know, very recently there's been that Man City player who got released from from an academy and obviously, um, you know, passed um, as we all know. But I think there needs to be more. I think it needs to be addressed um, that a lot of these players. I mean, Rhys Salasani, you know, is an example. He's still, he's still in the game. But I think it does need to be addressed that these players are, are being um, released a, a lot of the time, and they don't often have um, many prospects outside of football. And obviously, it, can, it works out for some, it doesn't for others. And
0: because it's, it's very difficult to know where, as like as someone who I, I'm obviously never taken part in academy football, they would not invite me. But as someone who like just invests in like watching some academy football and stuff, it must be a really strange thing as a coach to try and find the balance of kind of giving these people the, um, I don't know, telling these people that they have a chance of becoming professional footballers, but also holding them at arm's length so that they don't put everything in that one basket. And it seems like football is unique. But
2: that's the thing, look, just from, like, what I've seen, is, like, there's they, they put them all yeah. in one basket. Like, there is no, like, division. Yeah. There's no, like it becomes like their whole life and then to suddenly just be like, see you later and not really have like any, I really think there should be some sort of like help yeah. or like phasing out process because it's just so like sudden. All
0: City sudden. That, which is why, which is why the thing was so shocking. Um, the, the youth team player who commit suicide because they do have a phasing out system where they will, you know, they keep they keep in touch with the players they release. You know, they, they I think they call them
1: I think weekly, but don't quote me on that. And they like kind of keep track of where they're going, right. etc. A lot of those players from the big academies go to other academies as well. But yeah. I, think, I think I agree with Bella. I think there does need to be more... Um, obviously, you said the City do it, but I think across the board, there needs to be a, more of a support package for these mm. players that don't make it. I mean, I only have to look as close as my friendship circle. I had a really good friend who played for Gillingham for five years. Then suddenly one day they turned around and said, look, you're not, you're not tall enough, you're not physical enough for what we need. Um, And then then they turn around And one day You know You've got this prospect You've got this You know Your master status is That you're going to be This amazing footballer Mm. And then the next day All your hopes have dropped You're only doing Three or four hours A week of education And then suddenly You've got no prospects There's a difference There's
0: something unique About football Compared to other sports Kind of why I wanted To ask about cycling Because I know that In rugby You know Football A very particular Like football is mostly Working class men That like trained to do football like when they're young as mm-hmm. in an academy level and when you compare that to rugby where most of them come from private schools or grammar schools and they're given these you know incredible educations and stuff it, they don't have the same it's not all the, it's not all eggs in one basket in the same regard right. but equally it's easier to tell I think for if you come from a working class background it's harder to tell someone from a working class background you're not going to make it. But no, no, it's hard to tell them you can't become a footballer. I don't know. It's. I do agree with but it, but it's I, like... think,
2: I think it's this thing as well, like with football, as you said, it's like a working class sport. Um, other one, you know, it's that thing of like, it's the dream, and you'll earn money, and you'll yeah. be able to buy like your parents a house, and you'll be able to afford all the things you couldn't have. And it's just having that and then having it taken away from you, you can see why a lot of footballers may like, Feel like suffer with their mental health, and also yeah. it could lead them down like a worse path.
1: Yeah, but only, he's
0: still in, <laughs> the- <laughs> Back
1: but uh, we have no idea what his mental state is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's probably fine, he's still in the game, he's <laughs> still loving what he does. Yeah, the, at the end of the day, he's playing football, which is what he wants, and to also do. impressing. Like, I know, I know Dutch Hamlet aren't playing a particularly
0: high. Level of football ATM, but I mean, like there are. I've seen some highlights of him playing. He still is a bowler, man. Like he still can play ball. He still has a lovely touch, and he's got that glide. I love a player that can glide. You know, like that kind of Phil Foden glide. Um, So yeah, no, I mean that. uh, Yeah, that went to a place that was particularly morbid, but a conversation that's important to have. Um, But I don't want to attribute all that on Rui Alasani because you know that's not. I mean, that might not be his story. Um, but yeah, now we've got a score roundup, which is interesting because I don't have any scores in front of me. Um, but no, I'm going to games. make them up. Um, yeah. We have had AFC Wimbledon 2, Gillingham 4, which is already. Did you watch that game, Harry? I didn't. No. You didn't? Uh, oh, okay. But I've heard good things. Yeah, um, Gillingham. Um, yeah. Uh, we have had. Um Richmond hockey nine? How many goals are in hockey in Um it can be nine. Can be nine. Could <laughs> it might it could, <laughs> could have been nine. Uh Richmond v the Celtic Dragons. Three. That <laughs> but, um, just wouldn't happen. How was the game <laughs> Um
2: It was so intense seeing as we scored nine goals, which
0: is quite a lot. <laughs> and it was actually. amazing It's amazing how um, Celtic Dragons, who weren't a team before, kind of um, got together. Yeah, and they've
2: and somehow come together to play with a, a team that's, you know, hundreds of miles mm-hmm. away. Um, but, yeah, it was a really, really good match. Um, I thought the goalie for Celtic was pretty shocking. She was on the left side down. Um, she scored own goals quite a lot oh no. because people like in a short corner went to hit it. She tried to kick it away and then, and then like kicked back. And then the goal, like, that happened twice. Um, but she's only 15 years old. She's new to the sport. So she's, <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: she's 15. Yeah.
2: It's only a small, small club. She's a very Whereas little Richmond person. Are like oh. pretty insane. So yeah, they're very
0: tall. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If they're, tall or not. <laughs> yeah. they're just the quite normal height. What's um, their
0: star sign? No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, well that so... was our one minute score roundup. up uh, cool. two great games. I mean
2: we still all have like a lot of based
0: time. in South London and um
2: all based in South London, by the
0: way. Celtic Dragons Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so so for our for our last segment we're gonna talk to um uh what's her name? Gabriella about so,
2: Sorry. No, Reed that.
0: <laughs>
2: okay. I have my full name
0: <laughs> For our last game, we're going to talk last to you. Last game, for our last Fuck. segment. Alright, read. For our last segment, um, we are going to talk to Bella about um, the former England captain, Alex Danson, who's now the Wimbledon coach. Mm -hmm. Um, Once again, an unconventional pathway. Yeah, a bloody unconventional pathway, and you've got to tell us about this story, because it is Um, insane. So,
2: Alex Danson used to play for England, she was the former England captain. Good, Um, good, that's good. Yeah, she an incredible player, did a lot for the sport as well, and then... Um it was quite funny. She well, it's funny <laughs> <laughs> It is a funny story and and she herself has laughed at it, but it's also pretty you Unfortunate. Know, unfortunate. So she'd been on holiday in the off season with her boyfriend. Um they'd been sat by the pool and she was sat and she had a she was sat next to a brick wall. Love bite. It's nice. Lights. I like it. I got it when I was in Belgium. Oh, very cool. Love yeah. bite. Mm. I, love, I love bikes.
1: Oh, I thought no. we said love bikes. No.
0: Anyway. I
2: got it in
0: Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was thinking. Um, a Belgian man in Brussels <laughs> gave me this. I'll, I'll, it will always be a token of our love. You know, to <laughs> it later. The Belgian man had me in Bruges. he <laughs> 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 me in <a> Bruges. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Um,
2: so she'd been on a holiday with her boyfriend, they'd yeah. been sat by the pool. Um, he said, obviously a very, very funny joke. Mm-hmm. She um, laughed and smacked her head against a brick wall, and it gave her a terrible concussion. That I think it's three years now, or two and a half years since that happened. It still gives her headaches every day. So she suffered every an, day. Every day. That's a lot so of. So she nerves. suffered a terrible, um, terrible concussion. She was hospitalised, um, and then. She retired from international play that same year because she wasn't able to play, but she still played locally and then um, retired this year in February. Um, So now has gone on to coach Wimbledon and they're doing really well. They've just been promoted um, from the Southern League into the National League Mm -hmm. um, because they won that last year. And she's coaching them and, yeah, they're now second in the league behind East Grinstead. So I think they're, they're unbeaten
0: really in 17 matches, am I right?
2: You would be correct. Yeah, they have been. So it's good. such a shame that there's been a break, um, another break in the league because of the second knockdown. But, you know, maybe that's just what they need, like rest and recuperate.
1: What do you think the joke was? What's your favorite joke? I think they were around the pool. <laughs> knock, knock. And they used to they went holiday, didn't you? So they yeah. were around the pool. They're probably nosing around. They probably saw... Uh, a nice guy over the other side of the pool made a comment. She was with. She was with her boyfriend. I think what I meant by that was a largely, over, uh, you know, an overweight man potentially, or someone that they thought was laugh worthy.
2: Mm. Oh, that's a bit mean. Well,
1: potentially, I, I just don't know. Mm. Got I think round. it was some
2: really, really funny <laughs> hockey joke, probably.
0: I wonder what the joke was that made yeah. her laugh so much.
2: It must have been something hilarious. It must have been I fun. mean, it, it jeopardised her career,
0: so. career. Have any of you guys had any uh, unconventional uh, responses to a joke? Have you ever, like, fallen off your chair? Have you ever hit your head? Have you ever
1: um, spat out your drink? A few of those, but I've never, ever... It's never ended my career as a journalist. Yeah. It's yeah. ended her career as a hockey player. But... I'll
0: tell a story. I was uh, once yeah. on a date. And uh, I keep this in, it's fine. Okay. Um, I was on a date, this is like, I wasn't that into it, to be honest. But uh, it was about a year and a half ago. And uh, she said something that was so unsurprisingly, like so surprisingly funny. Because She was quite, she wasn't very interesting. Um, she's a bit mean. She's lovely, though. Um, <laughs> but she, uh, she said so something so surprisingly funny, I laughed and farted quite loud.
2: Oh, damn. Um, That's was, something to end the date there. I know,
0: there was not another date.
1: Um, that's anyway. something that Ronnie O'Sullivan did last night He farted whilst doing mean, this really He really. did fart mid-shot yeah. uh, which was, and, and blamed it on the ref Which was quite amusing So only the best do it really. Only the best yeah. Yeah. But have um,
0: been there so, We've also, we also got on a, <laughs> you've, you've been there a, In the velodrome How many times have you been fast in the velodrome?
2: Oh, so many times But that's not, hard when you're like You're like, Lithium. get on And you've just had like 50 gels And gels like they, get you lo- they give you loads of energy, but when they go, you're
1: like, you need
2: to go. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> sometimes you'll be on the track and then I'm like, ah, oh, shit. No, <laughs> Let's get to that
1: point. That's what,
0: that's what I want you all to remember. <laughs> Everybody farts. Um, I'm sure Alex Danson would endorse that message. I'm sure she would. Um, she's basically managing an unbeaten team now. And uh, Harry, you wrote down in your notes, um, what are the pressures of managing an unbeaten team? Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about that? You're the man who, uh, you're the wordsmith behind the. Well, shirt.
1: as an Arsenal fan, I can tell you all about unbeaten teams. Well. You only have to look back to 2004. But uh, I think there's a, a few, um, you know, with an unbeaten team, obviously you've got that pressure. I, I think she's also a new coach. Um, I don't think she's the individual that has actually uh, been on this amazing run. So she's got even more pressure, um, Alex Danson. And I think from a hockey background, she's, she's got to make... Um, she obviously hasn't come from a managerial background, so she's got to mm. make an impact quite quickly. Yeah. But I think there's almost more pressure on her that, she, that, that there's this unbeaten record and she's coming <laughs> in at this point. Normally, you come into a managerial job when there's been a lot of pressure on the previous manager. They haven't mm. been winning games. This previous manager's got them promoted and now she's taking over from that. She's got to continue that success. Yeah. But
2: I think as well, like coming from being a captain is also a big thing. Because like, when you're at captain, especially like, in hockey... Like when I used to play and I was captain, and you'd have to do, you do have to do like a lot of stuff compared more, like compared with. Was that um, Windsor
1: Z team? Or no, was that the yeah, yeah. X was good.
2: It was Slough's uh, seconds I used to play oh, wow. and Slough are well, in the sure, uh, Southern League. Did you
1: ever play <laughs> yeah. the Celtic Dragons?
2: No, we did not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't we... get past the tiny keeper. No, yeah. We were probably a 10 at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, look, a good way to relieve pressure is a good fart. And <laughs> that's, that's what I'd like to tell Alex Denson. Um, um, but I think we're on how we like, should have. On, okay. I mean, she could have just laughed.
1: She could have just laughed. Maybe that was what it was. I you know, like, I think, I think we're going to transition seamlessly into our fun
0: thing Because, yeah. um, we, I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to lie, it has been a world of fun throughout. And uh, probably the best podcast on God's Green Earth.
2: Definitely.
0: Um, but. Today our fun theme was—I don't know how fun it is. Not gonna lie, good pitch, but it's basically. Let's change it. Let's be. I mean, well, let's it's spontaneous. be spontaneous? I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so, thus far, all of it has been um, so fun. Uh, let's do for To me, punks. but quite—I reckon what, how. I mean, reckon Tom would find them quite silly, but um, and he is our audience. But you know, we'll see. Uh, but let's anyway. Football be hockey, right? We're gonna do this. I'll be the mediator, Harry. How long have I got? You've got eight I think minutes, we should just minutes. debate it. That's, OK, yeah, I don't think... Yeah, yeah let's just think, debate it. Actually, but I think give, you have one minute One
1: minute each to give me your opening arguments. OK. And then I'll like, oh, I'm such a good interviewer. I'll okay, go first. Yeah. Can. Not only is football a better sport than hockey, it's the best sport in the world. You can't think of a better sport than football. The community engagement, the passion, all around the world, the World Cup is the best sporting event In the history of sports now it's the most watched event you cannot get bigger than the world cup but not only that you've got the champions league you've got the europa league you've got nations from across the world competing in an amazing sport it's also a british sport we should get behind it we do get behind it the money that's invested into it the the popularity (laughs) of the sport I mean, if you look at the audiences, I mean, you get sellout crowds every single week. Obviously not at the moment. But if you look at Old Trafford, 90,000. Emirates, 62,000. That's enough. That's your million.
0: <laughs> okay. Well I I'm gonna say, uh Harry you just explained a lot. you just told me a load of UEFA competitions and said the word amazing several times and then got the capacity wrong for old Trafford. 82, 000. <laughs> I think it It's like seven, yeah, it yeah, it's like seventy-six, I think. Oh shit. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> no, I <laughs> was just kidding. I mean, as someone who loves football, I'm not convinced. Uh so uh Bella bulls in your court, if I may say. Oh. So wrong Scots. <laughs> <laughs> It's balls in, ball in your half of the pitch yeah. your D okay. no, but <laughs> <laughs> balls in your D um, uh, so three, two, one. Go.
2: Well, hockey is like a really diverse sport. I think it's also quite equal for men and women, which makes it a selling point for everyone in the country. Um, there's also um, a mix of different races that play. So that's always good. When I used to play for Slough, there was always different ethnicities and there was always different um, fun things that we used to do. So we'd have a night where it was like an Indian night and we'd all go and have a curry and it was great. Um, yeah, it was really fun. That's so good. Uh, with hockey, you also get teas after you play, which which is the best thing ever because everyone just goes into the hockey house and you play it. You know, you eat your sandwiches and have a bit of a laugh and you get to like socialise more with the other teams. The so great. Bella
1: has just said that hockey is the best I'm sport.
2: still going because uh, you
1: get tea after games. No, I'm going to cut, I'm I'm gonna cut both of you both off
2: there. Wait, um, I haven't had have my minute. I think that was a minute. That was not a minute. Also, I, I think was, just arguing the, uh, the mediator.
0: Yeah, I am. I <laughs> can I finish
2: <laughs> what I was just saying? You you no,
0: finish me. your sentence.
2: I was you just have going to say I'm
1: finished. I'm not listening. So you have
2: your teas, which means you can socialise more with the other team whereas in football there's a big thing about having like anger towards the other team and right. whereas we do in the match afterwards we're always able to go and have fun together.
0: Okay. Um I think I was I'm not gonna lie, this was a better pitch. Uh especially you talk about the diversity in the sport and stuff. Uh I, I was a big fan of that I can talk to you about diversity. Uh, but about you. you
1: didn't uh, quite you crucially do. I <laughs> would quite like to talk about the WSL. Um it's Hey, will you allow me to talk about the WS? No. Yeah, we, we, wait, if we can talk-
0: go on. to you can go on to it in a sec. But I want to say it as well, uh, big fan of sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So you have me at that. Not no. a fan of tea, so you lost me quite no, briefly. Tees, you don't have tea,
2: um,
0: but where you won me over actually uh, to take the biscuit in your f- opening statements uh, with the curry. Big fan of curry. Love a curry. I live for a curry. And you know what? That happens in football too, but you didn't say it. And I mean, that's a point off you, Harry. Um, so how are you going to come back to that? Um, and think, actually, go 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 crazy, guys! Have a chat. Okay.
1: I think on the topic of diversity, obviously, and equality, uh, first and foremost, you can talk about the WSL and the way that that uh, the women's game is, is is rapidly increasing. It's
2: increasing, but it's nowhere near as equal to the men's. So obviously,
1: you've got nations women. like Holland, and you've got um, Megan Rapinoe, um, you know, battling for equality and equal pay between men and women. But if you look at the WSL, you've got players coming over from. Nations across the world, um, Alex Morgan, are very high-profile stars coming into the WSL. There's so much diversity in the sport. Also, if you're looking at, uh, you know, you know, twenty, thirty years ago, there was a lot of uh, racism involved in, in football. And I think what's happened recently is that um, there's been a lot of. It, it's become a lot more united. The game. Obviously, you've got uh, obviously Black Lives Matter, which is outside of sport but uh, integrated within that. But you've got lots of campaigns now. Um, looking at the diversity of sport what And would say, a very inclusive sport. To play devil's advocate, which is what I'm
0: playing, though, football hasn't done enough in the past. It has it's why they've had the past, to com- overcompensate now. I mean, you could talk about even women's football, they haven't done anywhere near enough in the past to kind of. I mean, Liverpool don't even have, don't put any money in their women's football team. Um, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, I mean, football are only doing. Like, I don't know. I, I don't want to go into it too much, but like it's hard to tell why why football could have done more. For racism in the past, and they've just had these very passive campaigns.
1: Um, but you've got the bigger heads now, Graham Sterling, yeah, Marcus Rashford, sure. these kinds of players. But they, it, shouldn't means, it shouldn't be on them. It shouldn't it be himself. on them. It shouldn't be on them. And obviously, you know, unfortunately, we've taken a few steps back uh, in the last couple of weeks with, with Greg Clark's comments. But I, I do think that, that football, um, you know, the debate is whether football is the best sport. And I think outside of that debate, I think um, football brings people together from all communi- mm. communities communi- as well, communi- keys, yeah. uh, <laughs> communities 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 it is an inclusive sport you've got players from all over the world all, every continent plays can football I, can i truck uh, it uh, over not the family? Family um as somebody who doesn't watch hockey, mm-hmm. could you just? I the thing I love about football is the
0: aesthetic beauty of the game. Could you describe me your favourite hockey goal that you ever My scored? My favourite hockey yeah. goal. Pay that me I ever a scored. word. Pay me a word picture so that I can forty-yard um, Gerard like Yeah, was, I want that in hockey. Uh, it wasn't quite that like
2: that. I would. I was usually. <laughs> <wasn't yeah>. <laughs> I was a midfielder, so okay. I, I would. Didn't do much shooting. I you did never
1: scored more. a goal, did you? No, I did. In I the see. history of your hockey I've
2: definitely scored a few, yeah. Did you? Yeah. And, and the corner. I um,
1: quite the corners in hockey, I, I must admit. The yeah, short, short corners
2: are fun. Yeah? Um, yeah, I liked, liked the
1: short corners. I must admit, in in the defence of my opponent, I do like to watch hockey in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I do watch both, both mm-hmm. the men and the women, and we're, we're very good at hockey, actually, in this mm-hmm. country. Yeah. Um, and I do enjoy the sport. However, as a global... Sports, it's nowhere near on the same level as football. Well, it's not, obviously, it doesn't have the same...
2: I um, agree, I agree with you there, but I think that it is um, more of an inclusive sport.
1: Also, I don't think it's necessarily growing in popularity. I think it's as popular now as it would have been 20 years ago. How is it more inclusive?
2: Because I think football is still so heavily male-dominated, like, Mm. big time. Even in the sense of, like, when women play, or there's female pundits, um, they're still criticised a lot like for their gender whereas in hockey there's not and there is like a
0: novelty to it as well it's like are we going to have Alex Morgan on in the punditry yeah just to like you know balance the
1: kind of yeah one place I would say hockey is very popular is at university I mean on a Bucks Wednesday you'd go down to the the playing field and you'd see all sorts of hockey going on and it would it would it would would attract the biggest crowds to be fair bigger than the football games but Mm -hmm. uh uh, you know I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna we're gonna have to end this soon I'm gonna give
0: it to the thing is, thing is I like prefer football but I think hockey it was a better argument for hockey I could
1: buy into it more you know I felt it more the curry in the sandwich so yeah well that was <laughs> it I'm gonna give it to hockey
2: but I think the inclusivity is a big thing no, I think the course, fact so. that it is quite an equal playing around and the fact you do like play together up until a certain age yeah. and then you split but it's yeah. still like they're both fairly valued and even at school like I didn't actually play hockey at school but I played outside of it and so it shows that there are, like, a lot of local clubs around, um, yeah. even if you don't go to
0: a posh yeah. private school. Well, local clubs like the Celtic Dragons. And on <laughs> yeah. that, we'll end it. Um, so, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for being here, Harry, in the uh, red corner.
1: Thank you very much indeed. And
0: Bella in the blue corner.
2: Thank you very much. It's
0: been um, very fun. I fun. will never forget this day where we sat around and pottyed together. Anyway, uh, thanks, guys. And uh, I'll see you soon.